I'm happy to be here with um, Bill and Sherry Eagleberger. And um, I've known Bill and Sherry, I guess, for quite a few years now. They're a part of our, our church. And Bill, he's um, just recently uh, retired. And um, Bill is in, he's a kind of a, like a connoisseur of fine things, uh, like <laughs> fountain pens and bluegrass music and watches and things like that. And uh, Sherry uh, and Bill both have a real pleasant personality, and Sherry is um, into um, healthy and wholesome foods and things like that, and I enjoy my relationship with them. Anything else that you guys want to say? Um, just a, a couple words each about just kind of describing the, your personality or the type of person that you are? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just like to, I'm kind of a goofy guy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Maybe a yeah. bit weird, but, uh, I pass that on to my daughter, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the genes or something, but I think I, I picked that up for my mom and dad, but I don't oh, know. You? I just like to have fun with people and, uh, I don't know. I guess there's no escape. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Sherry? I like to read. I also like to watch things grow mm -hmm. and I even like, it sounds strange, but I like to see how other people are growing in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Just that's it pretty much. What kind of stuff do you like to read? Well, right now I'm in a study on Genesis, which I have been finding by Jen Wilkin with some other ladies and it has really been interesting learning some of the stuff in that. And then with your wife and the, some of the ladies in our refit class, we are learning about emotional eating, which has really triggered some biblical things also. So I'm learning a lot from both lessons. Okay, cool. Well, to start off with, um, where did you guys grow up at and how did you meet each other? I grew well. I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but when I was two, my mom couldn't stand the winters up there because she was from South Carolina. So she and Dad and I moved back to South Carolina. So I grew up basically in South Carolina in Florence, and then when my dad had passed away and my mom remarried, we moved to California through my high school years. So that's pretty much. I would say I basically grew up though in South Carolina, and. You want to know how that was growing up? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, we raised a garden every year, and I used to get to ride on the tractor with Dad, which was fun. He'd also pay us a quarter for each bucket of weeds that we would pull. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we girls would cheat and put a little dirt in the bottom of the bucket so we could get a a, a, a Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Yoohoo. Yoohoo. Uh-huh. Uh, drink up at the little store because that's how he would pay us is we would get a yoohoo mm -hmm. chocolate drink yeah. which was a treat and um grew up with a dog in the yard and cats outside and you know played with their kittens and i don't know play tag and badminton with my cousins on sundays and mom would cook a you know big dessert like apple pie and stuff and um it was funny watching her learn how to make biscuits like Grandma. She finally got it down, but some of them were like hard rocks at first. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, just, it was a good time, I think, of growing up. And you had siblings? 
Oh, yes. I had two sisters and a brother that we adopted. Okay. So, yeah. So what, was it a Christian family? Go church? And mm, we went to church, but it was mass. We grew up in a Catholic home. Okay. So. So is your family still uh, Catholic then? No. Okay. Um, when I was about 12, after my dad had passed away, uh, I, got, I had learned about the Lord, had been saved. And, um, of course, I learned about the Lord, too, through the Catholic Church, but it was a different, you know, not the full gospel. And um, so, yeah, we, mom and my sisters and all of us were saved. So what did you learn in the Catholic Church, and how was that different than what you learned as far as the full gospel? Well, let's see. In the Catholic Church, you had all the different sacraments. Um, like um, marriage and like uh, communion, communion and, and uh, baptism and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And which was like a baby sprinkling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, let's see. And then the gospel, of course, was preached, and um, you learned that Christ died on the cross for our sins, and that he was buried and rose again on the third day, and um, he did that and had mercy upon us so we could be saved. He gave us a way to be saved through belief. So you said the gospel was preached. Was that in the Catholic Church? or No. Okay. Um, it's We went to a, a, a Southern Baptist singing group type thing. Okay. And mm-hmm. it was our first introduction into uh that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then we started going to uh our aunt's Baptist church and I going to Sunday school and through that I learned about the gospel. Okay. So Okay. And then you went to California in during your high school Mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. how long were you in california four years four years and then okay. i went to college mm-hmm. and that's where i met bill in college mm-hmm. okay what college was that hiles anderson college okay <laughs> you're making a kind of a funny face <laughs> um it was by the law <laughs> okay <laughs> so. it's a very strict fundamental baptist school okay so that's why she laughed <laughs> where was that at uh, Crown Point, Indiana. Okay. And how was how did you choose that school? Well, my mom and stepdad and us kids, we went and traveled to all the different colleges that were fundamental. Like, oh, because was your church at home fundamental? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was a fundamental Baptist yes. church. Okay. And uh, so we went to Bob Jones University. We went to the one, what's the one in Tennessee? Tennessee Temple. Tennessee Temple. Uh, the one in Lynchburg with uh, Liberty. Thank you, Liberty <laughs> University, and then Hiles Anderson, and then there was also one in California um, that I had visited, and it's like the Lord just impressed upon me that Hiles Anderson is where I should go because we've okay. been praying about which one to go to. Okay, and like, what was your? Um, we'll eventually get to you, Bill, but. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what was your conversion experience like uh, going from, you know, you know, when you understood the gospel and what was that like as far as the, in your the experience? It's kind of like how he talks about it in the New Testament where he casts the net and 
draws you in. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's just, I don't know. It's just like, um, even though I was in the Catholic Church, we had like a children's Bible that during summer when I wasn't in school, that's what I wanted to read, you know. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I'd lay out between the rows in the garden and mm-hmm. look up at the sky. And I just knew that God, there was a God, mm-hmm. you know, because um, couldn't just invent something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was just a, I don't know how to word it. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned um, wanting to read the Bible in the summer. So I mm-hmm. guess that would be. That's a pretty significant yeah. thing because I guess... He's just drawing me in. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was one of those fish that he drew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, okay, Bill, where did you grow up at? I was born in Kansas City. Uh, I was born on the Missouri side, but we lived in Kansas, uh, Mission, Kansas. And uh, my... Di- Dad had a job where he took like different positions and the promotions he was offered. So we moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I was like 12, I guess. So I spent my early years in Kansas City and then, uh, then we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I spent six years there through my high school years. And, uh, I went one year to Winona State. University in uh, Minnesota, uh, and then the year after that, I went on to to, to college. Okay, and then was your family a, a Christian family? No, they were not. They were, they were, I guess, religious. They were churchgoers, but it was just, it was really liberal churches, and uh, you know, never heard the gospel until like 1967. One of my mom's friends, well, my, my mom started getting involved in a Bible study with a bunch of ladies. And one of these l- ladies ended up being a Sunday school teacher at a Methodist church. And so she, you know, I think by God's design, she ended up teaching my class. And, and that's the first time I ever heard the gospel. Okay. And How I, old were you? I was like 13. Okay. And then it was, Shortly after that, I just I just came to the Lord. The Lord moved on my heart to uh, to trust Him and come to Him for salvation. So, and actually, uh, my parents—I only had one sibling, a sister, younger <laughs> sister—and all of us pretty much came to the Lord just about the same uh, huh. time period. And did you see that was in the Methodist church? Yeah. Okay. But shortly after that, I think they, they figured out she was preaching the gospel. So they, I think they kicked her out, actually. So we ended up going, uh, then we started going to a Southern Baptist church and then eventually to an, an independent Baptist church in Atlanta. And that's where I started hearing about Hiles Anderson. And I really had a desire to serve the Lord. So I think that's what moved me to... Uh, you know, look for a Bible college. Okay. And that's, that's where I ended up and that's where I met Sherry. Okay. So how did you guys meet each other? It was kind of a funny story. Uh, <laughs> really funny story. And I don't remember all the details, but I think I'd been out playing tennis with one of my good friends and he 
And then we just were gathering after we were done in this room, you know, where there was just, yeah, like a snack bar area where there was just a bunch of students. And my friend, for some odd reason, ended up hitting Sherry in the rear end with his tennis racket. I mean, you know, not hard. It didn't Mm -hmm, hurt, but it kind of, it kind of surprised her, I think. And, And I don't remember what my reaction was. I was just like, wow, you know, I don't believe he did that, but. Mm-hmm. And then we got together, just started talking, and uh, and then we ended up being on the same bus route. That college was real big on training people in the bus ministry, you know, and uh, picking up and sharing the gospel with uh, inner city kids in Chicago. And so we got involved in that bus route to- together, and then it just it pretty qu- quickly evolved into a... A romance, you know? Yeah. Okay. You get to know each other pretty well on an hour ride every Sunday, <laughs> back and forth, in hot and cold, and the bus breaks down in the freezing cold, and <laughs> you get to see how each other react. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so um, you mentioned that this college was, like, um, really kind of strict and so forth, mm-hmm. and then... Um, what did you think of it? Did, did that just seem kind of normal because it was your no, it did church? Seem normal, and that and that's all we knew, you know. Yeah. But of course, looking back, it was not normal. I mean, in reality, and I don't. This may sound like a strange thing to say, but at then, at that time, it wasn't as bad as it became. I mean, the the whole church culture, the church atmosphere, and the atmosphere in the college sort of digressed into a, sort of like a cult almost. Hmm. I mean, there was the whole idea of training you in this college was what are you going to do for Jesus? And that, you know, that's okay, but that's all they talked about. You got to do this, you got to do that, you got to Spend so many hours knocking on doors to try to get people to Christ, and that and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with knocking on doors to try to get people mm-hmm. to the Lord, but but it was just all about performance, and it just became like a man-centered religion. Basically, there was no emphasis on your personal holiness, no emphasis on joy, no emphasis on your love for Christ at all. Which is, you know, it's kind of it's kind of scary, really. But that's all we knew for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And we were involved in ministry in New York City for like 12 years. And that's all we knew there. But, you know, we weren't very successful in the eyes of a lot of, of our religious peers. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because I think we learned a lot through all that as well, you know. So, uh, and then once we moved here, and became exposed to the doctrines of grace. I mean, everything changed, and everything changed for the better. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful to the Lord. You know. So, so how, how did you? Um, how did that happen? How were you exposed to the doctrines of, of grace? Okay, uh, it was through our friend Bob Scambry. We were helping him in a church, uh, new church plant in Festus, and uh, it's pretty. You know, when we first started hearing about it, we didn't swallow it. We didn't mm-hmm. go along with it at all. We struggled with it. You know, how mm-hmm. can this be? You know, 
How can God send somebody to hell and send somebody to heaven uh, as his choice? And we struggled with that for about six months, probably. Mm-hmm. And eventually the Lord just opened our eyes t- t- to the truth of the word, because it is, it's, it's in the word <laughs> pretty strong, the doctrines of grace. So We don't know how we missed it for so many yes, years. Exactly. You know, so. because it's there plain as day. I have chosen you. And I'm just like, oh, he did. <laughs> So um, when you say doctrines of grace, you know, you're talking about um, it all being God who uh, chooses and yeah. saves and it's um, anything else you want to add to that just for listeners so they kind of know. Sure. It's it. just, well, I think it all starts with God's uh, providence and his sovereignty. You know, he rules over this world and. Salvation is not at all in what, you know, okay, I made a decision. Okay, maybe you did make a decision that God might not have had anything to do with that. You know, it's it's really, we know that salvation is of the Lord. We see that in Scripture, that uh, salvation is of God and c- completely of God, apart from what we decide, you know, as a, as a human decision. So how does that... Um, um, change things to like what you were in as far as like really strict, um, you know, performance, um, focused, and then, um, you know, coming to, uh, teaching that, you know, it's all of God when it comes to salvation and things like, how does that change? Um, how does that affect like the, the, the way things were and the way you were thinking? Okay. It, the bottom line is probably when I was in that culture before, it's like, what do I need to do? What, what's my performance going to look like? And I'm doing this basically out of duty for, you know, lack of a better word. And then once the Lord shows you that it's all of him it's more like okay let's just see what god can do and and we do things not out of duty really or because we feel like we have to but it's out of a desire to want to you know Hmm. i don't i'm not going to talk to somebody jesus because talk to somebody about christ uh because i feel like i have to do it it's because i should want to do it and I should want to do it out of love for the Lord and, you know, to obey him. Mm-hmm. Anything that, that pretty well sums it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, besides that, is there anything else that you've learned over the years that you didn't know as young adults? Well, as young adults, we were under the law, so we put our kids under the law. So I kind of wish we'd known about grace back then. And I think maybe the results with our kids might have been different um, as they grew up. So can you give me any examples of like putting your kids under the law? No listening to rock music. Um, Let's see. Um, No going to movies. Yeah. Yeah. because all those things are worldly things, and we're not to be of the world, you know. Um, 
we didn't even do t- have TV for years. Um, of course, there's still guidelines. You really there are things you really shouldn't see, but mm-hmm. um, that's because you don't want to see them. Mm-hmm. But um, it was more or less like you have to obey mommy and daddy. There's no no grace in there at all. Um, so what would be different than if you were doing it all over again? They would probably want to do it because they love us and not because we put them under the Or threaten them with a spanking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Can you help me figure that out? Well, we were, I mean, we were pretty hard. You yeah. Know, there was, I think we tried to show them we loved them, but I don't know, maybe they just didn't get the message. And, and uh, uh, of course, anytime we discipline them, we told them, you know, we were di- doing this b- b- because we love you. But right. I don't know. I still think they're because we didn't know anything about grace then, really, mm-hmm. as far as how God loves us and d- disciplines us. It was just more of a dictatorship kind of, mm-hmm. you know, atmosphere, I guess. And I try not to beat myself up over it because. You know, it's done. What's done is done. And God knew what he was doing even then. And I have to trust him to continue to work in the lives of my kids, even though they're grown and on their own, you know? Yeah. Was there some rebellion and stuff among your kids, you know, in response to like um, the strictness? Well, there, I think there was, but it wasn't really... demonstrated till they were out of the home. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, <laughs> they went crazy, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. wow, we're f- free at last. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is just another thing to show, just like it was in the Old Testament, they couldn't live by the law. Hmm. Right. You know, yeah. It was our example, and we should have learned that, but we didn't. Re- I mean, we read, but we didn't see it. Yeah. But... um even in that environment, there was still, um, like, talking about the gospel and some emphasis on, you know, the death of Jesus for sins and stuff yeah, like that, right? right? There was a gospel. Yeah. And we would have family devotions, you know, not every day, completely consistently, but it was pretty regular. Yeah. And just trying to... One book we would share with them for few weeks and months was one about character traits you know we tried to show them biblical examples of uh, people that exhibited good character traits you know and mm-hmm. and we would use stuff like that so. yeah but also when we were under the law it was all about numbers in the church you know and how many people you've had to say the sinner's prayer that have been saved right not yeah no i mean there might have been some true salvation in some people's lives there but a -hmm. lot of times it was just numbers Mm -hmm. and you were you're talking about the you know examples of character and so forth and i guess some of this is just kind of a matter of emphasis like using the bible for like um, a moral guide as opposed to like the story of God and his redeeming work and so forth, you know. Well, um, in your lives now, 
do you pay attention to when you're experiencing uh, joy or just a lot of satisfaction in your life or, or, or some satisfaction in your life? And um, if so, like, what are you doing, you know, when you experience joy in your life? Well, I think when I feel like my relationship with the Lord is is right and in a good place, that's that's going to produce j- j- joy and satisfaction. And I think part of that is just spiritually keeping our eyes on Him and uh, trusting Him, and uh, so I get a lot of joy out of our church family as well. Mm-hmm. Just being around them, and yeah, whether it be C group or ch- ch- church services, you know. Yeah. I don't know about satisfaction. I guess, <laughs> I guess, I, I guess it's more of a joy thing because mm-hmm. you know the church is a huge part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. The where this question comes from is um, just my thoughts here recently about how. We kind of go through day after day and we have our routines. And um, for me, like uh, sometimes I don't even think about, is this a really satisfying experience I'm having right now? Um, Am I experiencing joy or am I just all caught up in what's coming up ahead of me in the next few days or what was behind or just worries or concerns and stuff? And um, so I've just been trying to pay a little bit more attention in my own life um, like, when am I really experiencing joy in my life? And what am I doing? Because maybe I should be doing that more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. What is you, it you're doing that brings joy? Well, it's, I think, um, a lot of times it's kind of connection with other people. Like, uh, just kind of an honest conversation, like what we're having now. Um, uh, listening to someone or expressing myself, you know, that type of thing. Um, sometimes it's just being conscious of what I'm doing. Like, um, for example, enjoying a meal with someone. Um, if I'm, um, got, if I'm listening to a podcast or something, <laughs> while you're with them? um, well, normally not normally, uh, <laughs> I don't not. do that while I'm with other people, but like, um, if I'm all caught up in thinking about stuff or thinking about what am I going to be doing and stuff like I can be enjoying a really nice meal and not even really be enjoying it. But if I um, just kind of focus on what I'm doing, like just the the food or the fellowship or even just a particular job, enjoying it, I find more joy in that than um, just doing it mindlessly while I'm caught up in my to-do list and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Just, what do you think, Sherry? Any thoughts about your own life? Well, I realize that my joy has to come from the Lord, mm-hmm. for one, and uh, and that's our strength, uh, which He gives me a lot of sometimes. Um, I even find joy in ha- having cleaned a house. I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy because it's a lot of work, but yeah. when it's done, it, there's joy there, right? Um, and I enjoy cooking, so. Yeah. Um, even though sometimes I'm tired and it's part of what I need to do, mm-hmm. it's still, I can enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I enjoy reading the word. 
um, sometimes I think God really had a lot of mercy and grace on the Israelites because they sure did rebel a lot, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it makes me realize too, that I need to search my heart then too and think, well, what idols do I have, you know, Mm -hmm. and just pray about that and turn away from those, you know. Mm-hmm. Has there been, you guys, how long have you all been married? 44 years? Not yet. Oh, okay. And in December will be 44. Okay. 44. <laughs> almost time, 44. Right? That's a long time, yeah. <laughs> Are, has there been any particular struggle in your married in your marriage that, you know, you're you're fine with talking about. You skip to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We can if you want to. <laughs> I tell you, uh, I tried to think about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to ask it, and I, I think you can boil down any kind of struggle. And I, I try to forget. <laughs> you know, when something happens, I try to just forget about it and move on. Once you know, once it, there's healing there and mm-hmm. reconciliation, just move on but uh i don't know what do you think oh and just just chalk it up to selfishness Mm because you know most 99.9 percent of any marriage struggle is going to be summed up in selfishness Mm -hmm. yeah all right we we drive each other crazy sometimes (laughs) with ridiculous stuff that you know that that happens. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts, uh, Sherry? I would say that it's not. I think I've grown enough now that I know to trust the Lord and not worry about it. But um, I would probably say through the beginning, and even now, sometimes I'll have a tendency to veer away from trusting God that He's going to supply all our needs, and most of our arguments would be over money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, how it's spent and how we should be u- using it more for God's glory and, and spending wisely mm-hmm. and uh, so instead of on some frivolous things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though, I, I don't know how to word it, I think sometimes things should be discussed more before spending, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. between the two of us instead of just doing it, you know, um, or being prayed over before buying, mm-hmm. sort of like that. Or, um, And then if it's not that I have to trust God that he will be held accountable for what's been done and, you know, and that God will still supply our needs and take care of us because mm-hmm. he's sovereign and will do that. But mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does, okay. yeah. And. I was going to ask, like, how, what have you learned through these things, or how has God worked in your own lives, you know, through the struggles of marriage? Sounds like at least one way is um, just learning to trust Him more and rest in Him. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts about, um, you know, just um, how God works in <clears throat> your own lives, um, growing you through your marriage? I know he shows us his grace, you know, on a regular basis because, you know, some people, they have struggles and then they just give up Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
I'm done. You know, the marriage is over. But, you know, he's given us grace to see that, you know, even in the struggles, even in the hard times, it's, you know, it's worth it to stay married. It's worth it to just keep trusting God, you know. Mm-hmm. You have any, either of you have any like general principles in life that you try to live by or just something that you notice that you live by because of your personality, even though you're not really trying intentionally to do so. Well, I like to be in the word every day. If I miss a day, I'm kind of like in limbo and not where I should be with the Lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And prayer time. Sometimes I get cut short on that. So I'm learning, though, to I can pray anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I want to be more like Christ, if that makes sense. Um, so the only way I can learn about that is through His Word, you know, to learn His character and be a reflection of Him. Hmm. Yeah. What, how do you structure your your uh, Bible time and prayer time? Is it like um, at a regular time each day, or is it just whenever you you can fit it in? Or? I, well, I prefer to do it in the morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like one of the first things that I do mm-hmm. after getting up, because time will start flying by me and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. So I prefer to do it first thing in the morning. So you, like, <clears throat> you get up and you make yourself a cup of coffee? And, or tea. Or yeah. tea. Okay, yeah. Um. Anything, Bill, general principles of life? I would, I would kind of just echo what Sherry said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, there's nothing written down, you know, A, B, C, or D that we try to follow. That, But I do think keeping the word and spending time with the Lord is a, I mean, he has impressed on me what a priority that is in my life, you know. And mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine why that wouldn't be a priority in the life of any believer. Uh, and I do try to do it in the morning. I'm more uh, awake in the morning. I, I'm a morning person. Yeah, <laughs> I start getting me too. tired in the evening, so I'm done in the evening. But, uh, yeah, the first place I go in the morning is to the coffee maker, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the second place is to my desk in there in the office and uh, read and spend some time in prayer. I know that Jeremiah said that he looked at, at the word of God more important than his necessary food. Oh, did he? Yes. Wow. I esteem thy word higher, you know, above my own okay. food. I've always mm-hmm. kind of looked at, wow, you know, I don't, I can look at my waistline and see that I, I don't miss very many meals. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, the, the word should be just as important or higher priority than eating. Uh, but uh, uh, my struggle, and I don't struggle finding time or making time f- for that, but uh, my struggle is, okay, I've read this, check that off, check that off. And and I have to fight with that all the time, you know, because you're not really accomplishing anything if you're just reading and to check off a box, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. God is speaking to me and convicting me and teaching me uh, through through his word. So you mean just kind of um, spending enough 
time with it or kind of being more intentional and yeah, just that and, yeah. and, and just concentrating, concentrating you know, cause it, it, yeah. you know, I could open any book and start reading it and still miss everything that it's saying, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. that would be easy to do. And I have a hard time reading and concentrating anyway. That's probably why I'm not a very good reader. Cause I am so, so easily distracted. Mm-hmm. And so I, I need it really, really quiet. <laughs> I need a really quiet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you like to know or learn within the next five years? Or like if you could know or learn anything within the next five years, what would it be? Do you have anything? <laughs> I could not think of anything. <laughs> Sorry. I have no desire to learn Spanish. I think Sherry expressed that I do. desire That's to learn my Spanish. Desire. It would okay. be to be able to speak it fluently. Mm-hmm. Um so that I can share the gospel without having to have an interpreter mm-hmm. <laughs> with me. Because um, I, I don't know why I have such a drawing to the Spanish people, but I do. Mm-hmm. Like um, around here or? Yeah, here okay. or in Mexico, you know, with Psalm 67 mm-hmm. um, or anywhere where, because there's, there's a lot of Spanish people all over. Yeah. So it would be nice if I could know the language well enough to know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So are you working on it? I haven't ha- I've got two studies I'm doing right now plus my regular reading so yeah. <laughs> I'm a little and I have two of those so I'm just like a little swamped right now. Right. Yeah. Afraid to take on any more might break me. <laughs> yeah. Was it Savannah had that class where she was trying to teach Spanish? Oh, that was a while a long yeah. while ago. She was, she was working on it pretty good then. Yeah. Aaron started it in Savannah, took it from there. But yeah, and then it just quit because we've got too many holidays and too many other things that kept interrupting. So, you know, you could go down to the RGBI <laughs> campus and be like winter Texans right. and take their, <laughs> also take their um, language course. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really intensive, wouldn't it? It would for me, and I'm like Bill. I have to have no interruptions and complete concentration because I'm a little bit ADD mm-hmm. or ADHD or whichever Something it is, like that, yeah. <laughs> and it just I get distracted way too easily, and my memory's not near what it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I would have a big struggle. It'd probably take me twice as long to get it done, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, you know. I just need someone to practice with me. That's why he needs to learn with me. Hmm. That's an idea. (laughs) Well, what would you like the Bill and Sherry of five or ten years from now to be like? How would you describe In ten years, I'd say it'd be nice to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. I know I, I thought about this a little bit as well. I know it seems like some people, the older they get, the more mellow they get. Mm-hmm. And it's just with me, I'm, I'm the opposite. Oh, really? I'm mm-hmm. getting more impatient. Uh, Edgy, not with everybody edgy. in every situation, but just, you know, I see it. I, she sees it, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to be a, a kinder, gentler bill, I guess, in five years or ten, you know. Hmm. I don't know what that would look like, but mm-hmm. it'd be great. I think that's, I don't know what to do to do that other than pray. <laughs> ask God to 
mm-hmm. to mold me, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Jesus was pretty patient all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts, Sherry? I would still, my goal is still just to keep becoming more and more like Christ is because mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to do is to glorify him. Mm-hmm. So, um, and be imitators of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, thanks guys. Really appreciate the time. And uh, it's just really good Thank to know you. you guys and you guys have just really, really pleasant people and just enjoy your smiles and your conversations and just your presence, you know, together as a church family. Thank you. More mission minded, more mission minded. Okay, (laughs) cool. All right. Thanks a lot guys. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) 